This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. like a split second (laughs) i'm just like what do i normally say i mean in fairness you've only been doing it for like a decade so this is only the 360th episode you think i'd have this down by now (laughs) anyhow uh hello everyone and welcome to episode number 360 of what did you watch this week my name is mike my name is john and uh yeah uh we didn't record last week uh because of like personal life stuff going on yeah. uh, next week's up in the air. Cause I'm working evening shift on Monday, the 17th. So we'll see what happens on Tuesday. Mm. Uh, and then the week after that, I'm on uh 10th anniversary vacation. Mm. What you doing for that? I mean, 10, that's so, a big one. So, yeah, well, our anniversary is actually in June, but we delayed this till July for a couple of reasons. One, uh, we ended up taking the kids to uh, ocean city for the week in june mm-hmm. and two uh built-in babysitter uh wesley's going to summer camp in new hampshire with the lutheran church camp that my wife's mother is a sunday school teacher at and her aunt is the pastor of the church so um he's gonna go to church camp in new hampshire so we're actually gonna drop him off uh and then keep driving to niagara falls nice you going over and over to canada if that's what you're mm-hmm. asking I mean, you like the Canada Dry, it looks like. So mm, I do uh, like the Canada Dry. It has yeah. ginger. Uh, anyhow, so we're going to spend a couple nights in Canada, and then we're going to work our way back across uh, to the U.S. side of things. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then pick up Wesley uh, the following weekend uh, when we can and head back to the house. So got some fun stuff planned. Gonna play it by ear a couple of days and just see what happens. But uh, it's one of those things where it's like the Erie Canal boat ride we wanted to go on called in Lockport. It's an underground cave area. Um, it's currently closed indefinitely because they had a uh, a situation in June when one of the boat capsized and somebody drowned. So uh, they they've closed it for now. But we found another actual lock ride on a more that's above ground on the actually Erie Canal through uh, through five of the locks and whatnot in mm. Lockport still. So we're going to do that. Um, and then, like, you know, our decision on Tuesday is either we're going to drive from Lockport to Syracuse, do the Erie Canal Museum, or we're going to drive from Lockport down to Corning uh, to go to the Corning Museum uh, glass factory, you know, Corning Ware. Yep. So they have they have this factory there. You can go watch them make glass. You can take glass classes. Uh, you can make like a, a Christmas ornament or decorative ball or whatever where you go in and you actually do some glass blowing and make your item. I mean, it's pretty cool. So we're just going to decide, all right, do we want to go there? Do we want to go do that? And then afterwards, 
work our way finally back to Albany for a couple nights. So, so if you really messed up trying to make like your ornament or something, would that make you a glass class ass? I think so. Yeah. A yeah. first class glass class ass. I th- yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. That's logical. Logic. Mm. <laughs> sure about the logic. Um, but yeah, so it's gonna be a good time. Nice. I'm going to go to the wrestlings while we're there. Uh, okay. So this is a 10th anniversary for you and your wife, and you've planned it around a wrestling event? Nope. Planned it, and there happened to be a wrestling event. Okay. Just lucky on my account, and her response when I mentioned it was, great, buy me a pizza. I'm going to hang out in the room. So she's all excited, too. <laughs> And then uh, one night we are going to a concert um, to see a band called The Heavy Heavy. We're big fans of them. Um, that just kind of happened happenstancely, if you will, of they're playing a show here in Maine in August, but it's at Thompson's Point. Like the venue, hate the parking. Uh, so Kate was like, oh, let's just see if they're going to be in the Albany area while we're there. Sure as shit they are. So we're going to go see them one night at a small, intimate 300 capacity venue. So like smaller than the State Theater. And, uh, you know, combine the tickets with the fees were forty nine fifty for two. So that's pretty awesome. Hmm. Yeah. So we got a, a good, good vacation planned. Looking forward to it. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, enough about that. Uh, we got shows and stuff and trailers and whatnot. A couple weeks worth. Yeah. Yeah, we do have two weeks worth. Which really isn't still like kind of a lot because there's, we've only are watching a couple shows. Th- there's really not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I got like 12 movies to talk about or 11 movies. And and Kate and I watched a couple of complete series on something. Wow. I, was uh, short. I have three movies and I finished two shows that I was watching that you haven't been watching. Well, I know together we got Star Trek and um, Secret Invasion. Yeah. Have you watched any more Black Mirror to talk about? I finished Black Mirror. Oh, okay. I still have not watched the last episode. Okay. Uh, well, let's let's jump into the Black Mirror verse, and I gotta kind of pull my notes up on this one because. Um, so the third one was the astronauts. The one with yes. Josh Hartnett, where I went. Holy crap, Josh Harkins is in something? Yeah, so that was interesting, wasn't it? Um, that was a fucking movie. That was an hour and a half that, long. That was an hour and 20 minutes long. You're right. That absolutely was a movie, Beyond the Sea. Yeah. Um, so they're on a six-year deep space mission, and it's kind of weird, but somehow they can li- – so they can somehow link back to android versions of themselves on Earth. Yep. While they're in sleep mode in in the in the spaceship. Here's what I don't understand. Okay. It was set in the sixties in an alternate reality, obviously. Yes, nineteen sixty-nine. But here's the thing. When they're in space, it's like they're in space very little. Like they're awake very little. They're there to yes. exercise their bodies. Uh-huh. And like go outside the ship to fix something once in a while, but we actually once don't know what they're doing in space. Right. And they never talk about it, which was red flag number one. Yeah, they just basically exercise. I mean, and then and then go back to type sleep and inhabit their own bodies back on Earth. Yep. You know, and 
essentially one of the astronauts, uh, like I'm going to say like a Charles Manson type cult leader, mm-hmm. um, thinks that there's that the, 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 the astronaut body, the android is uh, oh, terribly wrong. Yeah, it's an abomination against nature. Yes. And so they destroy the android. But not only that, they kill his family as like, you know, teaching them a lesson. Yeah. But they do it in front of him so that he has to watch it. And the wife specifically because she laid with the abomination. Yes. Yeah. They fooled around together. Which this would have been a very compelling part of the story. If not for the fact that basically the next day we see a newspaper article that says that the cult leader turned himself in and they're all in jail now. Yes. Yep. Like well, he because basically that just existed to to torment this guy, murder his family, murder his android, and then okay, you got me. Yeah, it would have been more appealing if he would have gone after the other astronaut. Yeah. Um, but essentially what happens eventually is that uh you know uh he can't return to earth anymore he can only stay on the space station or the the the, the spaceship he can't do anything and so the so the other one's afraid he's kind of going to go crazy or do something or whatever so well, especially because the second one now has to balance his time between hanging out with his friend and living his yes. life with his wife and kid which doesn't seem to be a great life anyways for the wife and kid. He's kind mm-hmm. of domineering, strict. His child is there to be seen and not heard. When he says that one line where he's like, I've gone upside his head a couple of times when he stepped out of line. Yeah. Yep. Right. Those were the days. But eventually he like, he, he volunteers to him like, Hey, do you want to like, Oh, I don't know. Use my body for a while. So you can at least go to earth for uh, once. And he at his wife's him. behest, because she's like, this yes. might help him, because he's not going to come up with that on his own. No, no. Of course, you know, it goes sour because he falls in love with the wife because it's the only woman he can see and touch and whatever. And it's just it, it doesn't go well. Mm-mm. You know, it doesn't go well. And at, at first she seemed like she was kind of into it. And then she takes a hard turn and is like, no, get the hell away from me. Well, because he tries to like, I don't know, rape her. Mm, yeah. Yeah. He he does the yeah. classic thing of those days where he's like, you know, you like it. You know, you want it. Come yeah. on. You've been leading me on. Right. Um, yeah. So Josh Harnett is the bad guy, if you will. Aaron Paul is the good guy, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, but it's. <sighs> Did you see the ending coming? Yes. Yeah. I, okay. I, I called it a ways off and Julia was like, yeah. no, what would be the point of that? And I'm like, I, I just, I think that that's, what's going to happen. And yeah. So when he was like, yeah. just one more time. <laughs> right. So he basically is going down to make a painting for them and it just gives him like, and he's only going down for like the hour or so or whatever it is that Aaron Paul's character has to be on the spaceship to do his workouts and testing and, and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. And then, so, I mean, it's, it's time when he's not in his replica host anyways. Um, but Josh Harnett's character calls him back for a fake emergency where he has to do a spacewalk. He uses his replica to go murder his family. Mm-hmm. 
And it ends ambiguously with, with Josh Harnett on the ship and Aaron Paul's character coming back after his family's been murdered by him, by his replica. And he's just like, have a seat. We got to talk. And that's the end. Roll credits. Yeah. So the story I thought was. I thought the story itself had loads of potential. There were like five different stories that they could have told really well in there. Yeah. And with the replicas and everything else, I just think it didn't. I just think I, I just think the story they went with wasn't great. Or the yeah. ending or the progression of the story, whatever it was. The concept was, was I thought, could have been very, very, very good. Right. Like, I would have loved to have seen a story that took place on Earth of the cult running around just terrorizing multiples of these. You know, maybe these two guys aren't the only ones. Maybe there's others yeah. out there. And so yeah. Aaron Paul's character is trying to track down the cult leader and stop him before he gets to his family or before well, he does I, it to others. Thought- so before he turned himself in, my thought was, oh, he's going to use Aaron Paul's character's replica to go hunt down this cult That was another option. Get revenge. Yeah, I was like, but yeah. But then like he'll... you said, the next day they do the spinny headline newspaper of, yeah. he turned himself in. I'm like, oh, there goes that theory. Yep. Um, uh, then there was the whole potential of, you know, um, her falling for the husband and never knowing which one it is and us being left on a cliffhanger. Yes, like, that's the other thought. I thought, I thought he was going to murder. I thought he was going to murder Aaron Paul up on the spaceship. Yeah. And then use the replica, use his body to be the replica. And she doesn't know it's him or knock him out or tie him up or whatever it is. Yeah. Or like he's learned enough of his mannerisms to, you know, successfully passes him. Go ahead. Or I thought she was going to fall in love with the Josh Hardnett version of her husband, Mm -hmm. have a willing lurid affair. And then she's going to blow it because he's going to, she's, you know, the real husband's going to be there. And then he's going to kill the Josh Arnott character up on the spaceship or never let him use his replica or whatever it is. Kill him on the spaceship and then pretend to be him for the wife to catch her in the lie. And yes, like there were so many things I thought they were going to do. This was not, I think this was the one I didn't see the most and also like thought was the worst. Yeah. That's the thing is that they, they kept like having great opportunities and then taking the worst yeah. one. They're yeah. like, or, instead, or this is the worst version, but let them yes. hear me out. Cause like the Aaron Paul character, like they made him not a great person. Like they made yeah. him an unlikable person. So you would think that the wife like being unfaithful and falling for the version of her husband that's really nice to her would would be the thing instead of <laughs> um being like no you're not my husband blah 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 like, you know what I mean yeah or the other thing I thought was going to be was that her husband was going to have an accident on a spacewalk because when he put him out on that spacewalk I thought he was going to kill him there mm-hmm. and then he was just going to take over the body and and be you know pretend to be who he was and this and that and everything yep. so there was there were so many things I thought it was going to be that what it ended up being was maybe just a disappointment but there was so much potential there for the story yeah I I 100% agree that was my biggest problem was that I felt like they could have done so many awesome things there were like 10 great potential stories in here and they went no none of those it didn't feel like a black mirror episode like no like the whole thing about black mirror is technology gone wrong and this had very little technology in it whatsoever it was more well, of a twisted I love mean, story tale thing 
and had boatloads of technology. It just wasn't the catalyst of the story like it usually is. Right. There you go. That's a good yeah. way to put it. Yeah. Well, and that's the same thing with Maisie Day, episode four. It wasn't really technology. They were paparazzi. <laughs> did and, you see this one coming? No, I did not see she was a werewolf coming. I not I at all. Did when they when they got to the um resort and they were outside the the walls, and I was like, there's a reason that she's being locked in here. It's not just a detox. Like they cleared this out. And then when we saw that she was chained to the floor, I'm like, oh fuck. And I looked at Julia and I went, Is she a werewolf? And she goes, What the fuck are you talking? And then she was, she goes, How yeah. did you? And I'm like, Yeah. They, yeah. So again, not again, technology. This was, this was more of a Twilight Zone than mm. it was a, 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 a Black Mirror. But I still thought it was an excellent story and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 I enjoyed the hell out of the story in the end. And, and the twist on this one definitely felt Black Mirror ish at the very end when she's yeah. standing over and she's like, Kill me. And Zazie Beats takes out the camera and starts photographing because, you know. Well, he get, she gives her the gun to kill herself. And then takes the pictures and and yeah. then takes the photo of her suicide. Yes. To get the money. So I, I, it was a great episode. Um, the next episode is. It's interesting. I'll leave it at that. Okay. I, I, I don't dislike it by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I, I've enjoyed this season. I, I thought Jonah's awful was good. Um, Locke Henry was, was interesting. Yes. Um, the Beyond the Sea, again, like we said, we just kind of depart so much potential, so much they could have done. Uh, Maisie Day is probably the best of episode of the run. And I, I think you'll like De- uh, Demon 79. Nice. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, I really honestly like that beyond the sea was way too long and disappointed me way too much. Yeah. No, I get it. I completely get it. Uh, we're watching deadliest catch. We love it. Um, that's about it there. Uh, how I met your father. I'm just going to keep my pattern. of I'm watching it because it's 20 minutes long or 21 minutes an episode. Mm -hmm. And it's just a quick show. That I do enjoy, but I wouldn't give it a hard sell. I can't imagine I'd go back and watch it again. But I will say the characters are growing on me this episode because it's not being forced down. Like like the first season was really like, hey, we're going to replicate how I met your father um, and try to force the funny things that happened in it with these characters you don't know, but try to make them feel like you know them, if you will. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, OK, now we've actually taken the time to develop the characters and give them their own personalities and their own issues and this and that and everything. So it is getting better, in my opinion, as we wind down the second season. I have no idea if we're going to get a third season or not. They definitely are not gearing up to tell us who the father is in this season mm-hmm. um, or by the end of it. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think the only other shows that I have that we watch or are the ones we watch. And then, um, uh, well, a couple limited shows, I guess. Okay. Um, I will say that we finished season one of Silo. I'm glad that it's getting a season two. Um, They definitely like the last two episodes really ran it up more. Like it was a slow burn. And then the last two episodes kind of like ramped it right up. Um, 
I I still recommend it. I don't give it a super hard sell, but I still recommend this. This is good sci-fi. Um, you you would enjoy it. Each episode's about an hour long. Uh, there's ten of them in the first season. Tim Robbins is in it, and um, he's fucking phenomenal anyway. Method is in it, and he's very weird as the character that he's in. Um, but like I said, I've messaged my buddy Kelly, and it has deviated from the books quite a bit or condensed down yeah. stuff in the books um, that was supposed to take a lot more. So I'll be very interested to see the the uh, twist at the end. It, I saw it coming pretty much. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what they do with season two. Um, I'm definitely in it for that. Like, I feel like this whole season was a setup to get us to the real show. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm interested in. Um, um, speaking of Apple TV plus series, uh, yeah. have you watched any of hijack yet? The Idris Elba one. Oh, we almost did the other day. Like we sincerely I forgot sat down. That came back until the other day. Yeah. Yeah. We sat down and we we're like, Ooh, but then knowing that it's a five episode limited series and it all takes place in real time. We're like, let's just binge watch it. Five. Uh, yeah. I'm going to wait for the five episodes. Um, and it, and it plays did, in real time. So it's like if you watch all five, you're watching a five hour block of this yeah. show's story. So, yeah. Uh, Warrior season three came back to HBO Max. Which one's that? Warrior. It's the yeah. one that's based on it takes place in like San Francisco in the early 1900s, maybe even earlier than that. Okay. Um, yeah, it is earlier than that. Um but it's based on writings by Bruce Lee for kind of oh, yeah. Kung Fu, the legend continues, but they didn't do it that way. It's, it's with this and, and, and the Chinese triad gang wars and, and this and that and everything. And Bruce Lee does have a writing credit and Shannon Lee is one of the producers and this and that um, lots of action, lots of violence. So if you like the first two seasons, you're going to like this season. It just, <laughs> it's like, we didn't, it's like it, uh, it's not at all like we didn't get the show for three years <laughs> nice. or whatever it was. It was a good couple of years, I think. Let's see here. Yeah, season one. Yeah, three years. Season one was 2019, season two, 2020, and now season three, 2023. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's it's very good. Um, I, I've watched the first three episodes so far. I'm not going to deep dive in it because I know you don't watch it. Um but it's just like it was before. Lots of violence, lots of action, lots of racism, lots of really inappropriate name calling, if you will. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty damn solid. Um, cool. Yeah, I, I don't think that I ever watched the first two seasons, but yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying the hell out of it. I, I am. I, I truly am. Yep. We finished season two of Yellow Jackets, which is all that's out right now. Apparently, there's going to be a bonus episode between now and season three, and then there'll be season three. And that's probably going to be the last one. Um, Still, hard sell. Great show. The only major problem that I had, and I have to say it is a major problem, is – and I will tell you this straight up because it's not a spoiler – and it's probably something that by the time you watch it, you won't even be thinking about it until you see it. And then you'll go, oh, yeah, he said that. So late in season two, we're introduced to this character who is a detective and he meets up with a teenage girl at a bar. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So first off, there's a teenage girl at a bar and she's drinking with her friend. And they're both teenagers in high school. And okay. this guy is a detective, but he's quote unquote undercover, but he's not really undercover. He's just kind of like plain clothes, kind of trying to get some info out of this girl. Now, now, first off, this is a police officer, a detective. And he is trying to get information out of a teenage girl, a high school girl, one-on-one in a bar. That's that's wrong on many, 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 many levels. Okay. She's Tremendous not 18. Many levels of wrong. Yeah. She's she's not 18, so she's still minor. So her parents don't know about this. He is actively watching her drink in a bar. So he's watching her, you know, break the law. Break of the law. Break and he's not doing law. anything about it. And then we see that later on he's out at the bowling alley with her on a one-on-one date where like at one point she says, Oh, if I get a strike, you've got to kiss me. And then she rolls a strike and he's like, Oh, and he kind of like turns away and he's like, we should just take this slow. Every bit of credibility for his investigation is out the window and he should probably be brought up on charges, like engaging with a teenage girl one-on-one in an official police capacity because he's investigating something that she's involved in. Like I had a huge problem with this. I'm like, this is not accurate. This would never happen. This is disgusting. So, so it, it really, that took me out of a lot of it. There were some other things that it was like, Ooh, that's a little bit of a stretch. That's a little bit weird, but that right there was like in a, in a show that is dealing with, you know, people being lost in the mountains, potential cannibalism, uh, some supernatural effects going on. This is the one thing that I was like, nope, drawing a line. Can't do it. And I think when you see it, you'll see the same thing. Yeah, that's completely wrong. On many levels, because then they kept it going on. They kept it on and they kept it on. And I'm like, this this is incorrect. So, Yeah. Otherwise, though, dude, seriously, check out Yellow Jackets. You have the availability. Uh, your yep. wife may like it, but it can be brutal at times. And we'll check it out together. I mean, she watched Game of Thrones and whatnot. Yeah, that's true. So we what is that all your shows? Um, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, okay. it's just Strange New Worlds and Secret Invasion. So we watched all eight episodes of the Free the original series Jury Duty. That because they put it on Amazon Prime, so we got it commercial free. Have you seen this yet? I have heard of it. The concept oh, seems amazing. Okay, I'm I'm not going to spoil it for you because you find this out immediately. This is a completely fake trial, fake everything. They found one guy that they brought in who thinks everything is real, and he thinks he's making he thinks he's a participant in a documentary on the life or, you know, the, the, the experience of someone on jury duty, mm-hmm. but the reality, the reality of it all is, and they had like 2,500 people that put in for this. He's the only one that thinks it's real. Everybody else is an actor that's acting the judge, every other juror, the bailiffs, the, 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 the defendant, the plaintiff, the, the, the attorneys, everybody, everybody is an actor. And they got James Marsden to be on the show and he plays himself, <laughs> but uh, like, you know, an elevated version of himself. And what's Amazing. fantastic is James Marsden is a big enough celebrity in Los Angeles 
that people know who he is. He's been in a ton of movies. He's been a bunch of movies you can name. You know, he was Cyclops in the original X-Men run. He's been Sonic the Hedgehog, which is a huge franchise right now. So he's a big enough name that people know who he is, but he's not so big on the scale, if you will, that it wouldn't be believable that he got called for jury duty. Mm. Right? Yeah. That's how I look at it. Absolutely. And it's just when you, because when they reveal right off the beginning of the first episode that this is what the concept is, you just watch this show with amazement and it's hilarious. It's genuinely hilarious and funny. And you watch this guy's reactions to things. And the first seven episodes are essentially the story. And then the eighth episode is basically like the big reveal. And then, you know, how we did things a little bit behind the scenes, uh, him talking to everybody. I mean, like we loved it. We genuinely laughed a lot. Um, we couldn't believe some of the characters. We couldn't believe how nice this guy was. Like we really <laughs> genuinely loved it. And um, I really can't wait for you guys to watch it. You guys are going to burn right through it. Oh, like we specifically, we specifically stopped watching. And then Sunday we watched the last two episodes and our friends that we went camping with the Browns, they have, they're the only people I know that have seen it. And they were like, you're probably going to cry in the last episode, but it's okay. It's a good thing. And they weren't wrong. Like you do kind of get a little teary eyed a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but they loved it. And, and we absolutely loved it. And I told my buddy Brendan about it and he's like, Oh, I've heard some good things. Like we just haven't gotten around to it. And you should definitely take the time. I think it's actually, I, I don't think it's going to be on Amazon much longer on really? prime. I think they're going to, yes, I think they're going to pull it from prime soon. It's just going to be on freebie. Mm. So if you want to watch it commercial free, you, you should probably do it sooner than later. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, we, we absolutely, absolutely, absolutely loved it. Let's see. Awesome. Here. Yeah, it actually, it leaves prime in four days. Okay. When you click on it. How long yeah. is each episode? 26 minutes. Oh, okay. So they're short ones. Yes. But yeah, it says it leaves episode one, uh, season one, episode three leaves prime in four days. Cause that's the one that thinks I'm on, but yeah, so at least, yeah, you should, you should take the time to watch these and then I might watch a couple of them, but they actually have, uh, each episode has cast commentary where they talk about the episode where they almost blew it, how things could have gone away. And I haven't listened to any of those yet. And I, I, I probably won't at this point because if they're leaving prime soon, but yeah, you should, you should make it a point to check it out while you can. Awesome. So it's got yeah, 921 I'll, reviews and it's 4.8 out of five stars. I'll put that right up on our uh, list. Yeah push it to the top <laughs> yeah so uh i guess the other tv show that kate and i kind of watched was the uh american gladiators uh mini series on netflix uh muscle and mayhem um mm. so it's three episodes i think they're 45 minutes a piece or so um this was a lot different than the 30 for 30 ep- uh uh documentary because that was mostly about the guy that created the show with some talking about the aspects of the show but the the second episode of that was completely about this guy who created the show and this hijinks and this and that whereas this was about the show 
And they did not, they talked to a lot of the uh, gladiators that did not talk on the other documentary because it was about him, not the show. They talked very little about the creator. They did mention him and, and everything like that, but they talked mostly about the actual TV show run and things that happened and why the gladiators changed out and this and that. And, and um, I liked it better than the 30 for 30. If you liked American gladiators at all, uh, I would, I would give this a hard sell recommend watch. Okay. So it's cool when you find two documentaries that come out around the same time and they have very different vibes to them, very different things. Yeah, on the same subject matter of all things. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Like, wasn't it like Netflix and FX came out with a series on Dahmer at the same time or something like that? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, you want to talk about strange new worlds? You want to talk about uh? Secret Invasion. Let's go with Secret Invasion first, because Strange New Worlds I'm feeling good about, and I want to get into it, but Secret Invasion I'm not feeling so good about. Um, Yeah, I am also not feeling great about Secret Invasion. And I think we have a couple episodes to talk about, obviously. Uh, two we do. Three. Yep. Um, I just... <sighs> So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, not to be a and, comic nerd in this, but yeah, you know the whole the whole thing about Secret Invasion was supposed to be this like comic arc that lasted for quite a while. It dated back like it was one of those. Oh my god, this has been going on all this time. It was far reaching. This is the type of thing that technically should be like an end game level. You know, the Infinity Stones or yeah. you know the multiverse. It should be a massive thing like that where you're getting like when you had the snap and you saw people like turning to dust. It should be on that level where you're finding out that people are scrolls that you've been watching in movies for six or seven years. And suddenly you're finding out, oh, my God, that guy was a scroll. When did that happen? Like it should be mind blowing. This should be the type of thing that you don't know who to trust, where to look. And instead, it's basically it seems like it's a way to write Sam Jackson out of the MCU. So here's the thing, and this is where I'm going to talk negative about the MCU because we have loved it and it's been amazing. Mm. Was the story is becoming like the comic books where this where everything is too convoluted. Uh, not con- it just there's there's too much story now, and there's it's too, too spread out stories, and it's so spread out, and it's like every series or every movie have to figure out like well now that we've had the Avengers assemble multiple times and stop the blip. We have to figure out a way as to why the Avengers aren't assembling, mm-hmm. why they're not coming to help, you know, yep. like in this, like this story. See, it's only five episodes, isn't it? I think it's six. OK, this story has been exceptionally basic. Exceptionally. Yeah. You know, like, OK, episode one, we're setting up. You know, we have uh, where Maria Hill gets killed at the end when Gravik disguises himself as Fury. Mm-hmm. Episode two is 1997, and we have Fury and a lot of the scrolls, including a young Gravik, where he's basically promising, hey, I'm going to help you find a place to your own planet. We're going to do this. Guess what? It doesn't happen because the blip happens and we're getting Iron Man two, Nick Fury. Yeah. And that's the Iron Man movie people like the least. 
mm-hmm. is, you know, PTSD, emotionally depressed Tony Stark. Iron Man 3. Sorry, Iron Man 3. Yes, you're right. And we're getting PTSD, emotionally depressed Nick Fury. And I think when Rhodes fires him from S.H.I.E.L.D., which, whatever. Um, yeah. Oh, great. They got Rhodey to come in. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he talks about his war machine suit, but we don't see it. Uh-oh. Rhodes sums it up. He's like, so what you're saying is, I don't have it verbatim. I didn't write it down. But he's like, but what you're saying is, is that there's this worldwide conspiracy theory with these shape-shifting people, and only Nick Fury can solve it, and he wants no help from everybody, anybody. And we're just supposed to say, oh, okay, you go take care of this. We trust you. Mm-hmm. That's what the story is. Yeah. We meet Nick Fury's wife, who's a scrawl, but does he know she's a scrawl? Yes. I think he knows. But but they make it like then but they make it seem like maybe he doesn't know because she's in her scroll form making dinner. Then Fury comes home and now she looks like a human. Mm, that's right. I'm sorry, you're still in episode two. Yes. No, I'm not well I'm, well, I'm talking about episode two, yes. But so like that, yes, you're right, because in episode three we do find out. But I'm just saying though, but that's that's the tease in episode two. Yeah. And, and and that's that's the two big things. Like we have an hour long episode where basically it's like Fury's been fired. We find out that he couldn't keep his promise. Not really his own fault. And people are holding in the people that are now causing this uprising to destroy humanity and take over the earth are, are to create a world war three are causing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and that's it. They summarized it real quick. Again, not a lot of story movement, in my opinion, you know, a lot of, uh, gr- they got very granular, if you will, which sometimes can be good. And I didn't hate this, but it's also like I just watched an hour of TV and nothing was accomplished. Okay, the whatever. Other, the other thing with this series, honestly, I'm I'm gonna let you get right back to the story in a minute here, but there's a lot of cuts that really feel jagged. Like they'll be sitting there talking in a cafe, and then suddenly it'll cut, and it's like they're across town interrogating somebody, and you're like, yeah, there was a couple of times so I rewound to yeah. see like did my Disney Plus skip something. Yeah, exactly. It did not. Yeah. You know, yeah. I had ledger I had leveraged that complaint in the first episode when I said that, you know, um Talos was ch- uh fighting that guy in the warehouse and then kind of stumps out like this and suddenly he catches up to Maria Hill in the sewers like that. Yes. Yeah. And that's another thing. Why is Talos why is Fury constantly mistrusting Talos who's the only one that has proven above and beyond from the movies to the series that he can be trusted, that he is Nick Fury's friend. And that's what he's there for. And Nick Fury, Oh, how can I trust you? What's your agenda behind this? Everybody's out for something. And he's like, yep. I'm your friend. That's it. I, I really liked jumping ahead for a second in the third episode yeah. when he, when he dropped that line where he's like, when you decide to rewrite history, make sure that the person who wrote it with you in the first place, isn't sitting right the fuck next to you. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, don't be a dick. Exactly. Exactly. Um, pretty much this whole episode was so that Gravit could get the skull scroll council, whether it was this one or the last one. They made him the general, yeah. uh, even though other people didn't. Um, and, and we find out that the scroll council is made up of all of these world leaders who have infiltrated everything. Yes. Yep. And that, but, which again is what the comic wants you to have, but. These are all people that aren't major players in the in the in the movies we've seen so far. 
Right. They're all secondary characters. So literally. Shooter McGavin's there, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. But literally in this show, outside Maria Hill being killed and Rhodes and I guess Talos, Fury, everyone else is kind of like. Hasn't been a major player. So (laughs) if they die, it's not a surprise. It's not earth shattering. It's just, okay. They'll get another scroll to replace them. They'll mm-hmm. get a good scroll to replace them or whatever it is. Um, but basically, this is Gravik revealing his plan. We're going to, yeah, there is six episodes. We're going to create super scrolls, like super soldiers, but super scrolls. And oh, we've infiltrated the Royal Navy so we can launch nukes to another planet. I mean, another, another USA to, you know, cause the war. Um, which we're going to really, knocking down a UN ship out of the sky. Yeah. Which, which incidentally was really just a test to unveil the mole and, and Tullus's daughter who he then shoots <laughs> and leaves for dead, but we don't think she's dead. Were you she's waiting for her to a, sit up? Yes. I was waiting yeah, for her to not, sit she's up. Not, she's not dead. She's fucking Amelia Clark. They, they didn't bring her in for three episodes. No. Exactly. So she's not dead. And and we have the tension between her and her dad, but in reality, she's a spy. Mm-hmm. It's just, <sighs> yep, yep, yep. And then at the end, Priscilla uh, secretly tries to contact Gravik, so we don't know if she's a spy or not, or if she's because she's also mad at Fury for disappearing for five years, and then when he comes back, he disappears again. You know, and basically kind of deserts her and everybody else. And so, yeah, I haven't been overly impressed. I don't dislike it. I know it doesn't sound that way. Um, I don't openly dislike it. I'm just like, I'm not really that impressed with it. It's kind of disappointing. I'm borderline disliking it. Like, yeah, I was laying in bed last night and I was like, I've got to put on Secret Invasion. Don't feel like you have to watch it. You can read your book. And she's like, I'm not going to pay attention to this. And I said, OK. And she did actually look up from her book a couple of times. Um, there were two things in here that normally as a comic nerd guy, whatever, as a fan of the MCU, I'd be like, ooh, but they did them wrong. One of them was the fact that in episode two, we had a computer screen, which they're still using like computers out of the nineties. Um, yeah. Well, computer what was screen. that a flashback scene? Who knows? Maybe. Um, but the computer screen listed a few different things. And one of them was extremists. You know, they were talking about different um, mutagen technologies that had been used and extremists yeah. from Iron Man three. The worst part of that worst movie was, on display there. And then in episode three, we see Gravik apparently has extremists or he's been using extremists because, you know, Talos stabs him in the hand and he like pulls his hand through the knife and then holds it up. And the extremist glow like stitches it back together. Um, and then, so yay, we're getting more extremists, which was a garbage representation of a very cool thing from the comics. Uh, but then the other one was like you were saying when Fury's wife tries to contact Gravik at the end and she gets Rhodey. Yeah. And she's like, I need to speak to him. And Rhodey's like, well, you got me. And we don't see him, but we hear his voice. So right, you're like, right. has Rhodey been a scroll all along? Right. That's the other thing is, is Rhodey a scroll? 
But it's such a lazy thing because, again, the whole secret evasion thing was who is a Skrull, who isn't a Skrull. And when you're bringing in a C-list Avenger, you know, the guy who spent a movie in traction because he got knocked out of the sky during Civil War. Um, when that is your one reveal of, ooh, look, it could be anybody. Again, this should have been on a grander scale. This should have been the type of thing like the Infinity War that they were building up. And they started to. You know, we've gotten little PS scenes here and there of, you know, Fury and Maria Hill that turned out to be Talos and his wife. And you're like, oh, the Skrulls are in amongst us. Oh, they're infiltrating people. Oh, this is cool. And instead they're like, but we'll just shoehorn it into a six episode, very generic, boring show. So far, I mean, again, we're halfway through now. So we got three episodes to go on this. And yeah. I don't have a lot of hope. Yeah. We'll see. I think what they need to do for me as a fan, what I would prefer to see is let's get out of the uh, worldwide crisis situations, you know, like She-Hulk, correct me if I'm wrong, not a worldwide crisis issue, kind of stayed in her own little realm. Daredevil showed up. We got some funniness. We got the comment comedy. We got saying its own realm. Um, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Not a worldwide crisis issue. Kind of stayed in his own realm. We got to see, you know, the Kingpin come back. You know, (laughs) two shows that we've now named that have ties to the Daredevil series. Yeah, basically. Right. But I'm just saying, though, like, you know, that that's why I think they worked. Even like, um, um. Falcon and the, and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. You know, yes, they went across the and, and other countries. We got the new Captain America. We got him not being we got him not being Captain America. I mean, they told a great story. But again, this wasn't a world domination story. No, this is a world domination story. But yet every other world domination story we've had has we've had to have the Avengers get together to solve this issue. All we need is Talos and Fury. Yeah. So, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, Star Trek. Two episodes here as well. Strange New Worlds. Um, I love it. I do as well. Uh, I haven't made that crystal clear. I absolutely love it. So, both episodes... I have some extended stuff to talk about. Um, So the first episode that we had here was called tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, It involves, this was a subtle nudge to rewrite some problematic Canon history. Um, Sure. So basically what happens is this dude appears on the enterprise. He's dressed like an, he's dressed like an old timey gangster, basically. Um, he's yeah. got a nice suit on, a hat, and uh, he hands Lon a device and says, um, what does he say? You got to get to the bridge. And she's like, uh, why do I have to go to the not, bridge? Not get to the bridge. Watch the bridge. Oh, watch the bridge. And she's like, or maybe he did say get to the bridge. It, regardless, it has to do with the bridge. Yeah. And so then there's like a, a ripple or a wave and she goes to the bridge and it's not her bridge. They don't know her. 
Who are you? Yes. We've never met you. Well, um, let's not even say it's not just not her bridge. Captain Kirk is in the chair. Captain Kirk is in the chair. And uh, so which, by the way, he did a fantastic job bringing us back to the old school original series. Captain Kirk is playboyism. You know, he had to kiss the girl. I mm-hmm. mean, I I really enjoyed how they how they played his character in this because it is slightly different than how we've seen him on the show. Absolutely. Uh, until now. So I kind of liked how this was definitely a throwback. So essentially um, him and her get into a bit of a scuffle and they end up pressing the button on the device and it warps them back to 2023. And they, there's a bridge that gets blown up and they're like, Oh, that must've been the bridge that we were talking about or that he mentioned. Um, long story short is there's a temporal war going on. There's a temporal war that's been going on for a long time. Time travelers, people trying to rewrite the past. Um, and the uh, essentially, as these people are fighting the wars, they're leaving technology behind. And that's the explanation as to why technology keeps jumping by leaps and bounds in our real world. So the part of this that was problematic for some of the purists who were like, you know, oh, Star Trek fans was when the original series came out, Khan was said to have been born in the 1950s and grew up. And then in 96, after the eugenics wars had started, him and his people got into their stasis pods and took off in their ship. So now people are like, well, this is 2023, because in this one we see the doorway of a young Khan Noonien Singh. We see him as a kid, but it's 2023. And they're like, this is bullshit. That doesn't line up with the timelines. Well, first off, okay. Uh, Gene Roddenberry was trying to say in 1963 that uh, 96 was when the Third World War was going to happen and the eugenics wars and, you know, the world would go to shit and we'd have cryogenically frozen people who could go off on starships. Missed it. So all they're doing here is nudging the times a little bit. They're not changing anything like the uh, like the movies did, you know, with the the Kelvin timeline, as they call it. The no anything here. You'll notice that when she got jilted into the timeline where Kirk was, he said that he was born on the USS Iowa, not that yes. he was born not in, in Iowa. Iowa. Yep. So the whole Kelvin timeline thing, all of that. Um, that's a separate, those were the movies. They did their own thing. But in this case, all they're doing is they're changing the time. So instead of Khan being born in the fifties and raised in the sixties and then, you know, escaping in 1996, I, I read some stuff on this. They were even saying that, you know, the Voyager crew went back to 96 at one point and we're like, why is the technology like this? The technology should not be like this. And nobody had ever heard of Khan at the time. So, Mm -hmm. This is the whole thing that they're rewriting it with the temporal wars. And in this case, it was a Romulan girl who even said that she came back to 96 to stop Khan from ever leaving. But something was messed up and he wasn't there. She couldn't stop him at that time. So the temporal wars are affecting the timeline and pushing everything out of whack. I love it. It's actually brilliant because then they can undo the bad As somebody put it very nicely, they said when they first came out with Star Trek back in the 50s, 60s, they did not assume that it was going to be going into the 90s. They assumed that by the time the 90s got there, it would be long gone, long forgotten. They didn't realize that they were making something that would endure for decades. 
Yeah, they didn't realize they were making something like you said that was going to be around forever and ever mm-hmm. and ever. So, you know, in the end, they they succeed in their mission. Um, Kirk gets killed, but of course, that was in the other timeline. So now he's fine in his timeline. I, I liked when she was talking about getting the timeline back and he's like, how do you know your timeline's the right one? She's like, because we have Utopia. He's like, we're doing great on our own. She's like, but you don't have Earth. He's like, yeah, but we've colonized a lot of places. She's like, we've colonized a lot more and we're doing better than you. It wasn't until she said that, you know, his brother was still around in her timeline and she was working with him that he's like, oh, shit, my brother lived. Yep. You've got the good timeline. Like, I want what's best for my brother. I will sacrifice anything. I will sacrifice my timeline to make sure that my brother is okay. That was a cool touch. I like that. I mean, and that was the catalyst for him to to do it, I guess, if you will. Yep. So. All in all, solid episode. Really enjoyed it. Um, I get where the purists are upset. But honestly, guys, if you can just, like, put it aside and realize that it's for the best – because it's always changing. Think about the number of stuff, the the number of movies and TV shows that you and I watch. Think about Terminator, you know, when they were like the future of what was it like 1999? <laughs> the apocalypse yeah. is going to happen. Oh, um, Quantum Leap takes place in 1997. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's problematic when you're trying to write shows that are based in reality in the near future, because you don't know what that's going to look like. You're you're making assumptions, but when they turn out to be wrong, then it makes your show look silly. You know, at the yeah. at best, it looks silly. At worst, it's like, why would you do this? You painted yourself into a corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So then, what do you think of Among the Lotus Eaters? Well, we finally get Pike back, right? After three episodes, he's there for like the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we get Rigel Seven. <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was um, I thought it was I thought it was interesting because I I almost felt like we've had that before where the pilot Ortega there is at the beginning is getting ready to go on an away mission and she goes out and the captain's like, whoa, whoa, whoa you need to stay on the ship. Mm-hmm. Who's going to pilot this through the danger area? I'm a pilot. And so she has to say, I swear we've seen that already before. We have. Yep. Okay. All right. Because at first I thought, am I watching the wrong episode? This sounds no, so familiar. I can't, I can't remember which one it was, but yes, we have had that same thing. Okay. All right. And then once, because then, right. Cause I'm like, well, maybe this is new, but then Spock follows up with like, saying the wrong thing, but not really. Mm -hmm. It's just, he's being logical. And she's like, what are you going to learn? I'm like, okay, okay. This has happened before. You've got to learn to leave people alone. He's like, I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, we have seen this before, but this was definitely not what we saw last time, I guess, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So anyhow, it was, um, So they had gone to Rigel seven before the mission did not succeed. So they get uh, a choice. Well, basically Starfleet's like, Hey, uh, we saw, we saw like the Starfleet symbol on the roof of this building uh, Mm -hmm. for this planet that we haven't had contact with yet, technically. So they shouldn't have any of this information. Um, 
so Enterprise was given the chance to go fix their mistake. And I think it's funny when like number one's like, well, you know, um, maybe just tell them that it's almost like a court, like a, a new style of like, hey, this is too upsetting. I don't want to do this. So don't do it. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, no, they were like, you guys want to do this? So they're given a the chance to fix our mistake. So I'm just going to the long and the short of it. Uh, one of the guys, Nick, from the previous episode that they thought died. He's still alive. Zach. He's now their ruler. Zach. And he's now their ruler. And there was an, um, there's radiation on the planet that makes everybody forget everything. Except I like how they explained, well, you can remember those ingrained things, like how to walk and talk and function and do things and, and reason and this and that. But everyday things, you forget mm-hmm. every day. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And then they explained, like, oh, I have a symbol tattooed on my arm. It matches the symbol of my ho- of this house, so this is my house. Like they 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 justify it, mm-hmm. but essentially everybody in the castle, the palace, if you will, uh, the walls protect them from the radiation, so they they have their memories, and that's just how they live on Rigel Seven. You have the people that work like slaves in a mine, apparently mining whatever, and you have everybody in the palace that has their memories. Oh, and they made helmets out of the palace material for the people yes. that go out in the field. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so Pike and his awake team uh, are losing their memory. Um, and then the, the even the people on Enterprise are losing their memory. Um, except somehow the Ortega manages to say the right things to the computer for the computer to tell her who she is and what she does. And so Ortega remembers how to fly. And gets them far enough away so that they can get their memories back. Mm-hmm. And then they save everybody. Um, that's, the, I mean, that's really this. I mean, that's, that sums up the episode without getting the meat and potatoes. It's a good right? summary. Yeah. 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 Um, this really, I mean, this was really a story of the week episode or monster of the week episode. Uh, not the overarching mythology type episode, whereas I think the previous episode um, told us more of a, a grander story, which mm-hmm. I liked. Um, got the captain on a way mission. Captain got put in peril. And when you lose your memory, you find out what it is you're really made of, which is not that he's a murderer, but that he'll do anything for his crew. Yep. Because at the beginning of the episode, him and the other captain, the one that was like the not defense attorney, but the, uh, prosecuting attorney um they're kind of have a little tiffed Mm -hmm. because she's being punished for not succeeding and so you know pike does what he does which is like how about we uh call things off instead of getting close yeah 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 he's trying to blame it on him he's like oh now you're not getting promoted because of me because you're working with me and they're mad about the my first officer and Um, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. My buddy just asked me what the password is for his online thing that he shares with me. Like I share my new Japan <laughs> world sign in with him and he shares this other sign in with me and um, his IWTV. I share my fight TV plus sign in with him and he shares his ring of honor sign in with me. He just sent me a text. Hey, what's the password for ring of honor? It's your <laughs> password. <laughs> Why are you asking me? Um, but at the end of the episode, he basically arranges a prisoner exchange with her so we can be all like, 
hey, baby cakes, how about we try making this work? Because I was down on the planet and I forgot my memory and I don't want to forget you. And and we're both captains. So we know that we're going to put our crew and everything first and put ourselves last and we'll make it work. So that was, you know, I, mean, I guess that's cool. It's better than talking about him dying in every episode. So I've got to share this with you because I saw this pop up and I was like, I knew it sounded familiar. So when they were talking about being on Rigel 7, I was like, I know I've heard this before. I know this. So all of these little Easter eggs go back to the original pilot for Star Trek. The original yes, they, one when we yes, had Captain they went Pike. To Rigel 7, yes. Yep. So the original pilot was called The Cage. So here are some of the things. It was from 1965. Um, so the number one mentions, we were there five years ago as routine exploration of the Class M planet. The entire backstory of the Cage episode occurred just before what Pike called the fight on Rigel 7. Um, Pike mentions in this episode, he says, we lost three people. We had to get to Vega Colony before Spock's injuries made it four. Later, he says Spock was bleeding out. In the pilot episode, the Cage, Spock is walking with a limp, um, which was an intentional choice. Uh, at the very beginning of the Cage, Pike says that the Enterprise is headed to the Vega Colony to take care of our own sick and injured first. Um, he says in this episode, he's like, last time we went down there, we were in uniform. I'm not mistake- making that mistake twice. In the Cage, the pilot episode, he blames himself saying, I should have smelled trouble when I saw the swords and the armor. Uh, in the Cage and later in the Menagerie, the Rigel 7 castle has a very distinct look. Is it meant to be the same castle? Probably not. In the cage, Pike says, I let myself get trapped in that deserted fortress and attacked by one of their warriors. The castle here is certainly not deserted, but it's been five years. So they probably took up residence in there, realizing that they could keep their memories. Um, <laughs> when the landing party is captured, Pike says, this is a cage. Or like, the cage <laughs> from the cage. Yeah. Um, let's see. trying to see i know there was at least one other one no maybe not i i thought that that was really cool though they didn't overdo it but basically they tied this beautifully to the pilot episode of the original star trek that's that's awesome like yeah because the pilot episode of the original one was talking about things that had happened on rigel 7 now here we are saying oh it's five years later we're coming back to rigel 7 which was hinted at, you know, based on the the entire story of the pilot. So, again, a very beautiful nod without hitting us over the head. They didn't recreate the episode, The Cage. They didn't say, oh, we're going to no. redo it. They were like, nope, this is where we're at. But we're giving a nod to the fact that this has been seen in lore. This is canon. And canon moments are very important. Yes, they're treating it very respectfully. So, yeah, Um, loving the show, really enjoying it. I look forward to it every week. And I gotta be honest. Um, Hold on. I'm, I'm really enjoying Ethan Peck as Spock. Yes. Yes, I am as well. It's weird. Like, Captain Pike, obviously, we've had 
we uh, he's not he's not in the lore as deep as as Picard and, and Kirk is. Right. We've never seen someone else play Picard. Um, we've seen you know Chris Pine play Kirk. I'm I like him. I'm good with it. But mm-hmm. I was never like against. I wasn't like it was weird. The only character I was like, man, they better not screw this up was when Zachary Quinto was cast as Spock. Mm-hmm. And I thought Zachary Quinto was a great Spock. Yes, I did as well. And we got to and we and we got to see Lemon and Nimoy play Spock in the movies somehow. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. And then again, when they cast Ethan Peck as Spock, it's like they better not screw up Spock. And then it's almost like, oh, what's this relationship? Like what what's the like, you know, like it's not the Spock we're used to. He's not as but he's really grown on me and I really like him a lot and I'm really digging him. And I'm glad we're, I, I'm just, I'm glad we, we have the character still mm-hmm. and I'm not offended or bothered by the fact that it's the third different person playing him. No, I agree completely. He's doing a great job, really enjoying him in this role. Yeah, I am too. Very much so. Ah, uh, let's see here. Movies, I guess. Mm-hmm. You said that so you've you got have, like 11 of them. I got, got like 11. Three. I'm not going to go on a deep dive on all of them by any means. Okay. Um, Rapid fire. A that's, few of them. Just, that's just foolish. I'm just, I got to hold on. So I watched. Um, so. Mm-hmm, I uh, hold on. Holding on. Here we go. I watched a movie called The Prey. It's from 1983, so it is not like Prey, uh, the new Predator movie. Uh, it's a group of campers who are stalked by a murdered, disfigured assailant. Yeah. Um, kind of inspired by the the Hills Have Eyes, uh, a little bit. It was okay. I watched it on Tubi. So I I don't like because of History Network and watching uh um not history the History Channel app and watching um Oak Island on it I hate the commercial breaks because they're just terrible and you sometimes you'll get a seven commercials and it's the same fifteen or thirty second spot seven times in a row Ugh. or you'll watch some of these free like even the Roku channel their free channel. Like you'll watch a TV show on it, but it doesn't take a commercial break where the show is has a natural commercial break. It just takes it abruptly like, oh, it's been 10 minutes time for a break. Same thing when you watch movies. Well, so far with Tubi, I've watched a few movies on Tubi now. It's a free app. And uh, it's like someone sat down and watched the movie and said, oh, this is a good spot for a commercial break because it's where they're doing a scene cut from, like, say, a nighttime scene to the next day. It's not in the middle of a scene. It's like someone took the time to actually watch the movie and say, "Ooh, this is a good place for a commercial break," you know. And they make them kind of seamless. Hmm. So that's where I watch The Prey. It's a decent enough '80s horror, uh, you know, horror slasher flick. I wouldn't give it a hard sell, but I didn't waste 82 minutes of my life. So that's kind of how I feel about that. Okay. Um, I watched another flick. Um on there as well called sweet 16 uh i i this was another uh 80s horror flick about um a, a girl who is going to be celebrating her sweet 16 
Um, except she's played by like a 20 year old and we see her naked, which is a little odd, but okay, whatever. Came out in 83 as well. Um, takes place in Texas and there's some, some racism with the local native Americans. Cause it's 1983 when this came out okay. in 82 yeah. or whatever. Um, it, this was, this was a fun little, uh, slasher flick for, um, for the time frame that came out, you know, I'm trying to watch some of those movies to see if I can find something good from the 80s when, you know, Friday, Halloween and Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street came out. And all of a sudden the market was flooded with these slasher horror movies. And sometimes you'll find one like Final Exam. You're like, this is amazing. Or The Burning. And you're like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, and then other times you'll find really shitty ones. Uh, and then I would say Pre- The Prey and Sweet 16 are in between. Okay. So worth your time to go watch them on Tubi if you're looking for like uh, 80s slasher flick that you've never seen before. Um, and you're and I don't I don't consider it a waste of time. Okay. Uh, Kanan and I watched the first 48 hours movie. Oh wow! Um, okay. It's touted it's touted as a comedy, but it's not is it's not that funny really. No the comedy, no, it is even not. though Eddie Murphy's in it, is it, there's not a ton of of humor in it. Um, and we don't even get him until a large chunk into the movie. Um, I enjoyed it. There's nothing wrong with it by any means. It's just definitely not what I expected it to be. Uh, Kate and I watched uh, Temple of Doom. She has not seen all the Indiana Jones movies previously. We had watched Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, a few months ago. My so first watched- question was going to be, did you start her on Temple of Doom? Because that's terrible. Nope. We started with Raiders. Okay. So we watched Raiders. Um, I had to pause it and be like, that short round. Remember that clip I showed you from the Academy Awards when Harrison Ford presented the the best Oscar for the movie? And that Asian man ran up on stage all excited and happy. And they hugged and they were smiling at each other. And like that's all anyone cared about was them and their interaction on the corner of the screen. Yeah, that short round. <laughs> She's like, I, yeah, I remember you telling me. I'm like, okay. Because uh, I just... I thought that was fantastic. Um, it was a lot more hokey than she thought it was going to be because Raiders of the Lost Ark is really not very hokey. It's it's kind of serious. This is almost like Raiders is Evil Dead. This is Evil Dead 2. A lot more comedy in it. A little bit more slapsticky. Yes, it's serious, but it was a lot more hokey than she expected it to be, especially with Kate Capshaw's character constantly going, Indy! 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 We're so, crashing. We'll watch. Uh, we'll watch Last Crusade, and yes, oh. we'll watch the Skull one at some point. Last Crusade, amazing. Yeah. Um, we watched. Well, I watched uh, a movie on Amazon Prime called The Retaliators. Um, it was in. It was supposed to be in theaters, and then it was a early release on Amazon Prime. Um. The film follows John Bishop, whose daughter is brutally murdered, and he proceeds to seek vengeance for her death. That is not a great premise, quite <laughs> frankly. Um, yes, his daughter was brutally murdered. and But essentially, and they kind of give this way in the trailer. Um, and someone from the police force finds the guy that did it, does it, did it, and has him tied up back at his house. And he's like you want to come get your revenge? And, <laughs> and the guy's like, I'm a minister. Hell yeah, I do. Um, but then has second thoughts. And then like, it takes a twist that you're like, what the damn hell? 
and then mm-hmm. there's blood and gore and guts and um I wouldn't again I I would give it an extremely hard sell but it's pretty solid little flick um mm-hmm. you know it's a low budget horror movie people did put a lot of work into it and uh, gave us kind of a good story the only thing I really didn't care for it was there was um this this indie rock band that was featured very heavily and it's like their music didn't fit like a good soundtrack for this movie. Oh, and Brian O'Halloran has a small role in it. And that's always fun. Wow. All right. All right. And the last. Oh, so I got two more to talk about uh, that were all old, old to me movies. The okay. rest are new to me movies. Okay. Um, I decided I'm like, you know what? Because this is what happens to me every night. And I've talked about this in the past. I get a paralysis of decision. I don't know what to watch. I don't know what I feel like watching. And I go through phases and this and that. And I was like, I'm going to watch uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, all the movies again. I'm going to start the rewatch. And then I was like, I really don't want to start with one. Which one do I want to watch? Oh, you know what? Let's watch New Nightmare. I've watched that one the least. Oh, okay. Part four is phenomenal. I agree. So I watched New Nightmare. Haven't seen it in a long time. You know, it's pretty damn solid. And the reality is, if we hadn't got Wes Craven's new nightmare, I don't think we would have gotten Scream. Because mm. a lot of what we see, because Wes Craven, for those that don't know, Wes Craven's new nightmare takes place in reality, where Heather's, Heather Lankin, Lankin Camp, or whatever, is playing herself. Wes Craven's playing herself. Robert England's playing himself. And it's somehow Freddy Krueger comes over to the real world. Okay. And it's done kind of very, very well. It's, it's very well done. It's a great story. I kind of like the way they did it, you know. And uh, um, you look and you're like, oh, they got the guy that played her dad in the first movie to come back to play himself. But, like, they're still friends. And you're like, oh, wait, no. This only came out 10 years after the first movie. It's not like it's 40 years later and he's an old man. He looks good still because he's only 10 years older, you know. <laughs> like, Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I really think, like we got this movie and he's like, okay, I can make scream and make scream like kind of like meta like it is. And and I don't know, but regardless solid flick. And then I was looking for a different movie and on like on, I was searching for a different movie and black rain came up the Michael Douglas and Andy Garcia flick that takes place where, uh, there's a crime in New York city and they have to transport the, the prisoner back to Japan. And then the movie then takes place in Japan with him fighting crime in Japan, even though he's a New York city cop and shouldn't be, you know, fighting crime in Japan. Um, good movie. Hmm. Yeah. I haven't watched it in a really long time and I remembered a good chunk of it, but yeah, you know, damn good movie. Nice. Uh, you watched three movies. What'd you watch? Maybe you watched some I did. Probably not. Um, the first one, we sat down to watch a movie, and Julia's like, I saw this trailer a little while ago. It's for a movie that came out fairly recently in the past couple of years. It's called The Hating Game. It's got Lucy Hale and this dude that I don't know. And basically, they both work in an office, and they absolutely hate each other. But it's going to be one of these, like, you know, just from the trailer, you know it's an enemies to lovers thing. And... You know, she was digging on it. I'm like, yeah, that looked cute. We could check that out. We watched it. Um, It was not a terrible movie, but it was definitely not the best rom-com you've ever seen. And both of us, this is kind of a theme. We were talking about it with um, uh, 
excuse me, what's its face there? Uh, Black Mirror. So it was the same kind of thing where like we both halfway through were like, shouldn't this have gone a different way? Like, shouldn't they have done this instead of this? Shouldn't it be this instead of this? And it's almost like they switched writers partway through too, because they have like this one character that's the nice guy. And he seems like a really genuinely good guy. And mm-hmm. we, we like him. We're like, Oh, he's a cool guy. And then all of a sudden it's like they switched up writers and they wrote him to be a complete, not a douchebag, but like he's way over the top, stupid, clingy, um, ridiculous. Like they wrote him so that you would suddenly hate him so that she can go to this other guy. And it was very jarring to watch. So again, it wasn't a terrible movie, but it definitely was one that we were both like, mm, don't need to see that again. Um, so a little disappointing, but all in all, it was still a movie night. You know, it was still all a right. rom-com movie night. That's kind of frustrating, but right. yeah. what else you got? Uh, the second one was one that we had both seen previous for before. You've probably seen previous four. I had never actually bitten the bullet. Apparently I had bitten the bullet and started to watch it at some point because we pulled it up on Amazon prime and it was like 10 minutes in. So I had to rewind it. Um, Ryan Reynolds, early movie called the voices. Um, the preview for this is Ryan Reynolds is a normal guy and he, uh, he has a cat and a dog that both talk to him and it's like, the, the premise is supposed to be that the dog is like the angel on his shoulder and the cat is the devil on his shoulder. Um, and so he does some bad things based on advice that he gets. Uh, this was another one where both of us were like, this is not the movie we thought it was going to be like, this is not going the way we expected it. This is not twisting the way that we thought Dude, this was a rough one to watch. Like, it's Ryan Reynolds. Um, Gemma Arterton's in there. Anna Kendrick is in there. Like, it had all the makings of something that was good. It was really not good. Both of us said... It sounds very familiar, but yeah. it does not sound good. It it should have been better than it was. Um it was very weird, very twisted. They did some really good stuff with the camera work. Like, I, I'm not going to recommend this movie. Both of us were like, I've seen it. I'm glad to say that I've seen it, but I'll never watch it again. But they did some interesting stuff yeah. with the camera work where, like, he'll be sitting there in his apartment talking to the dog and the cat, which, by the way, I had to look it up. And he does the voice of the dog and the cat. So the cat has a Scottish accent and the dog is like, oh, how's it going, Davey? And Ryan Reynolds does the voice of both of them. Cool. But anyway, makes sense since they're kind of in his head. Um, But we're looking around his apartment and everything looks normal. You know, it's just like a a normal apartment. But then you get these glimpses, like when Anna Kendrick goes in there and he's not in there. And there's like stuff piled up to the ceilings. There's rotting food. There's like shit that shouldn't be there it's disgusting there's like hairballs all over the floor that haven't been cleaned up but then when he's back in the apartment everything looks fine so in that respect it was really cool like they were really portraying his mental illness in a way that was subtle but also really well done um mm-hmm. but ultimately no, I can't recommend the voices. It was not what I expected. We thought that it was going to be like a dark comedy. This was more like a dark tragedy. 
Like there was not a lot going on here. He was not a likable character. None of the characters in here were really likable. So yeah, not going to give it a sell. Okay. What else you got? I watched, uh, on shutter. They had this thing called the Etheria film night, 2023. Okay. And that is apparently a collection of short horror anthologies. Uh, hold on, please. So it really sounded like film you said, night. hold on, police. Oh, I, I meant police. So Etheria Film Night was founded in 2014, apparently, and it's a annual Los Angeles-based genre film festival for new short films by women directors. And they're in the category of horror, sci-fi, thriller, fantasy, or dark comedy, etc. And I've never heard of this before, but on Shutter they have um, the Etheria 2023 Film Festival, and it's a collection of short stories. So it's an anthology movie. Um, it's about two hours long, and um, around 45 actually. And I really enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, I, I'd say I enjoyed each one of the uh, short uh, horror stories that they told, or and you know sci-fi stories. I thought they were really well done. Um, hmm. you can see some of them had a, a nice budget. Some of them did not have a nice budget, um, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed each and every one of them. And it was, it was a fun anthology to sit down and watch there. The stories are not connected in any way. They're all individual stories. They all have opening and closing credits or brief versions of them. And they're all, you know, uh, singular, um, stories if you will so it's it's definitely hmm. worth your time i give that a hard sell watch nice okay yeah i enjoyed the hell out of it uh john wick chapter four. Oh, i gave that a voodoo rental one night because i just i wanted to watch the movie yeah and uh it's not at the uh, red box yet and now it's, it's at red box this week i believe coming up finally okay. um so but i so i paid a little bit more than a red box rental for it on voodoo um, but I, I really don't care. I wanted to watch it. It is a long as shit movie. Um, the ending is a bit ambiguous. Um, in the first movie, he does some pretty unbelievable things with the action and the fighting and the shooting, mm-hmm. but it's kind of believable. And each movie, it's gotten grander and grander and grander to top the previous movie. This movie is, a, let's just say the runtime is like two hours and 45 minutes or something like that. A good more than half is just action scenes, just long fighting scenes and shooting scenes. No dialogue to speak of, just fighting just Hmm. lots of it Um, to the point where it's actually maybe too much. You know what I Hmm. mean? Okay. Like when I watch like Jackie Chan's, who am I? There's a lot of action in that movie or really any Jackie Chan earlier movie where he was younger and he had a lot of fight scenes. There's a lot of action in that movie, but the and, and there's a few, several fight scenes throughout the movie. But the roof fight scene with him and the two guys at the end is so awesome and tremendous and it's long and it just stands out and you're like, damn, that's awesome. Same thing with Rumble in the Bronx. 
and Rumble in the Bronx, there's multiple fight scenes throughout the movie, but like none of them are as excessively so it's like you don't have one excessively long after another excessively long after another excessively long where it's just like um where it's almost too much where it's like action overload if if mm. there is a thing it's like there's so much action in this fight scene two uh, two hours into the movie you forgot about all the action in the fight scene at the beginning of the movie you know it's kind of i know it's hard to maybe understand what i'm saying well, but i mean for me i go to especially at this point I go to a John Wick movie for the action. Like I'm expecting it is going to be mostly just action and yes. it's going to be over the top ridiculous watching him kill yes. somebody with a giant thick book, you know, stuff yes. like that. You're right. Except also in this one, you know, how like in every movie he has like a Kevlar suit that he's wearing. Yeah. So like his suits kind of bulletproof, but not really. And they slap the hurt when they hit you. Yes. Well, in this, Every fucking person has a Kevlar suit and they're constantly <laughs> picking it up and holding it like this. So it's hiding their face like their coat is mm. while they're running and shooting because like it's just in the first John Wick movie. I don't know about you, but the action scene that really stands out to me is when he is when they first send the people to his house. And he's in his suit and he kills them all and then the police show up. And they're like, hey, John, how's it going? Pretty good. We got a disturbance complaint. And he kind of looks past Wick, sees the dead bodies and goes, uh, thought you were all done. And he's like, yeah, just uh, just shoring things up or whatever he said. And he's like, all right, you have a good night. And he leaves. And then he calls those people to pick it up and he gives them the coins. You know what I mean? Like, yep. but that fight scene stands out and it's only a few minutes long and it's high intensity and it's unbelievably good. And there's more fight scenes in the movie, but that one stands out. And each other fight scene is great, but you also get this amazing story of who John Wick is and the Baba Yaga and how he killed the guy with a pencil. And I still go back to John Leguizamo's character, you know, when the big bad Russian boss calls him up and he's like, you know, hello, sir. And he's like, uh, you hit my son. Why? And he goes, yeah, yes, I did. Well, why did you do that? Well, because he stole John Wick's car and killed his dog. Mm -hmm. And the guy just goes, oh, and hangs up the phone. Yeah. That told so much. Uh-huh. And and then he tells the whole Baba Yaga story. We already know John Wick's backstory. We know the John this backstory of this and this. So when we get to the fourth movie, there's very little backstory we actually have to go over. So we're just gonna have over the top action forever. And it's just I enjoyed the movie. I'll probably watch it again someday, but it doesn't it doesn't the pacing of it and, and the storytelling of it doesn't hold to me like the first John Wick did mm -hmm. and how that one stood out to me. It's sort of like how I love the first Matrix, not really so much the next two. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, another I, Keanu. I know. Uh, or the first Underworld, but not really after that, because, again, it has to do with like their suit, their clothes never got dirty after that. I, I don't know. I know that seems ridiculous, but whatever um i i mean i i bought sisu from amazon i got a yes. gift card for my birthday for my dad so i bought sisu uh it comes out tomorrow uh tracking shows it's gonna be delivered at my house tomorrow i am jacked as shit to watch that movie and that is also <laughs> over the top action you know yes. um from the makers of john wick cool same with the movie nobody makers of john wick mm. over the top action 
Nobody was great. great flick. Yeah, it was. But that's because also they had to do some story building. Now there's no story building. It's just like we're going to top every action scene in this movie. We're going to top. We're going to have an action scene. And then we're going to top that action scene. Now we're going to top that one. Now we're going to top that one. Now we're going to top that one. And that's how kind of the whole movie runs. If they make a fifth one, I'll watch the hell out of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'll I am interested in the uh, the ballerina. Yep, I'll watch that too. That looks that looks great. I uh, watched Extraction too. Ah, uh, I've been waiting for you to watch that. Great flick, really good flick. If you like the first one, you'll like this one. Uh, they can kind of continue the story with what happened to him after he fell off the bridge and and everything else. And and honestly, just great flick. Really, really, really good flick. Nice. And I think they're making a third one as well. I think he announced yep. that. Yes, they did. What was the other movie you watched? Nimona. Oh, the there's the animated one that Disney dumped and Netflix picked up and yep. everyone loves it. Yep. Um had low expectations going in. Yep. I mean, it, it's an odd sell. It's somehow knights with swords. Uh, and crossbows but it's also the future and so like the horses are robot horses and there's flying cars but they all have like energy swords and crossbows that kind of fire like energy bolts um this was phenomenal i enjoyed the fuck out of this this was a great movie dude i'm telling you like this is this is a family movie but it's also for adults i I genuinely was glued to my seat. Like I wanted really? to watch the whole thing. I wanted to watch more of it. Um, great story. It's one of those, like it reaches a point where you're like, Oh, that was a good story. And then you realize you're only halfway through the movie and you go, well, wait a minute, how are they going to do more with this? And then they do more with it. It's got touching aspects that don't beat you over the head. It's got um, loving characters that are genuinely great. It's got twists. It's got, like even the characters are ridiculous. You know, you've got Ballister Boldheart and Sir Thaddeus Sherblade and Ambrosius Goldenloin. Like these are the names of these knights. And it's almost like a reality show. Like they open up telling you about how, you know, this one guy was just a kid off the street. He doesn't have noble blood, but he has risen his ranks. And it's like an American Idol thing. You know, he could be the next knight of the realm. And he'd be the first person to come in off the streets, but your votes can send him there. And it, dude, watch this movie. Like, watch this with your kids. Really? This is awesome. This was so good. I loved everything about this movie. I, I sincerely, like, I was surprised. I was genuinely surprised. But it was very, very good. Huh. Okay. I'll I'll put it in my queue. So, so when you said, you know, oh, and everybody loves it, I'm part of everybody, dude. I loved it. And Julia was the same way. She's like that. I want to watch that again. Like it was just so great. So yeah, I would definitely give that one a super hard sell. Nimona all the way. Uh, the last movie I'm going to talk about is um, the John Hamm mystery whodunit Maggie Moore's. Oh yeah. 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 yeah we red boxed that and um, fantastic. Yeah. Was it? I, I, we just enjoyed it. Like it, there was like, you know, you, you shared that Matt Damon. Um, I don't know if it was a TikTok or whatever it is, but it was a part of an interview oh, with yeah. talking about movies and go find it, everybody. 
And, you know, why we don't, why, because of, we don't, because of not the death of video stores or DVD, but essentially like we don't have physical media anymore. We do, but people don't buy it like they used to. So you could make a movie like all the pretty horses <laughs> make, but make, you know, like when he talks about how he's got a hundred million dollar investment in a movie between the, um, uh, marketing and the actual making of the movie and then you know he, it can afford to at the box office not make a ton of money because you know on the back end you're going to get a bunch of money when it comes out on dvd home video because of rentals and people buying it and everything mm-hmm. and that market is kind of dried up and so like unless you have so that's why you don't see those type of movies really getting made anymore um like you used to and that's why you see these the the comic book genre is so huge <clears throat> And, and we're getting these classic remakes or or um, sequels, you know, like uh, Creed, Rocky, the new Indiana Jones, Star Wars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like these proven um, proven movies, whatever, is because that's what people are going to see. People aren't going to see all the pretty horses anymore, movies that he likes or whatever, you know, mm. so. That's kind of what reminds me of this Maggie Moore's like it's a great flick. It's not an action adventure like what do you want the V girl? It's not an action adventure like giant movie by any means. It's a small town sheriff and his deputy and someone gets murdered named Maggie Moore and then somebody else gets murdered named Maggie Moore. And that's interesting. And just these cast of weird characters that we meet throughout the movie. Um. And, you know, Tina Fey's character in it and everything else. And we just we enjoyed the characters. We enjoyed the story. It was a fun movie. The um, it's not really a whodunit, like, say, a Perot movie as much as because, like, we know who did it watching it. The actor doesn't know or, or John Hamm's character doesn't know. But just the reveal of everything and how it comes out. And um, yeah, it was just really, really, really good. We just really enjoyed it. Nice. Where'd you say that and one is? Red boxed it. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I had a, I've been getting free rental codes from us cellular. Hmm. So I've been using them. Um, but yeah, red box apps, you should absolutely go red box it. Okay. You know, um, yeah, it looked yeah. really good in the preview. So I'm glad to hear that it is. Yeah. Yeah. But absolutely, you should absolutely go red box. It. it is. It was, it's really good. Nice. Yeah. Trailers and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you You're sent me the trailer for. Chair if you do that. You sent me the trailer for Five Nights at Freddy's. Awesome. The games were great. Nah. Nice. Yep. You Cats see, always yeah. do stuff like that, and then they fall, and then they look at you like it's your fault. Yeah. Well, she's so desperate to love. She actually jumped up. Uh, on the chair next to me here at the kitchen dining room table where I'm recording this and <laughs> just smashed herself against me. So I pulled the chair out to pat, give her some pats, but she's 10, but um, sorry, five night at Freddy's. I never played the games. The only reason why I'm familiar with any of the story is because of Kanan and then later Wesley. Yep. Um, but this does look like uh, a fun horror movie. Yep. Um, it almost makes me think now, and I didn't think of it at the time, and maybe you mentioned it, but that um, 
There's the uh, the Nick Cage movie, like the Dude, Willy's Wonderland. Wendy's Willy's Wonderland, like yep. that that that's a Five Nights at Freddy's knockoff kind of thing. It's completely a Five Nights at Freddy's knockoff. Yeah. Good for what it was, but yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, you sent me Superpowered, the DC story. Decent little documentary, looks like it might be. Yep. Yep. Uh, I've seen enough of them. It, there's probably not going to be anything in there that I won't already know, but yeah, it, those can always be fun. Good thing to put on and just kind of mellow out to. Um, yeah. We we got the casting for Clark Kent and Lois Lane in James Gunn's, you know, uh, Superman Legacy, which it threw me off because I sent it to my uh, my buddy John because he's a big DC fan and we send stuff back and forth, and he was like, huh. A skinny Superman. Is this going to work? And I was like, well, he's just doing the voice. It's animated. And he's like, no, it's live action. I'm like, no, I think it's animated. Nope, it's live action. I, For some reason, I thought that this was an animated one that James Gunn was doing before moving back into the live action stuff. But no. Yeah. Um, I don't. The guy basically idolized. Um, uh, what's his name there? Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Oh, Henry Cavill. Yeah. He looks like him. <clears throat> Yeah, and he wanted to be Superman like Henry Cavill, so he is. Um, I sent you a thing. So this was kind of funny. Both of us didn't like Warrior Nun at first. Then we kind of liked it, and then by the end of the first season, we were like, cool, I can't wait for the second season. The second season came out, and we heard that it was immediately canceled. We were like, well, fuck it. I don't want to watch it. Now the creator has said, oh, it got saved. It's not saved on Netflix. It's saved on, I want to say Amazon or Hulu. Um, but I don't remember. It's getting a third season. So on a different network. So now I'll probably go back and watch it because I really dug the first season by the end. And I will let you tell me <laughs> whether if it's worth watching or not. Fair enough. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. What else we got? The dive you sent me? Yeah. <coughs> That's just the rules. Yep. Yeah. Uh, much like the black mass. Now, hold on now. <laughs> Them's the rule. <laughs> when I saw that it came up, the link was Vimeo, not even YouTube. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fucking gem. <laughs> Um, hold on. Let me, I, I gotta at least find the, the, <laughs> Cleopatra entertainment, Jaguar motion pictures. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, come on, man. Here we go. On uh, inspired right by now. real events. No, inspired by real events, Black Mass is set over a 24-hour period in Florida during the winter of 1978 when college girls are being stalked by a serial killer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right Not now bad. it has 220 views on Vimeo, one like. Hey, it's got seven votes on IMDb and it's 6.8 out of 10. <laughs> uh, you sent me Community Star confirms a major character won't return in the movie. Before even opening it, I went, yeah, it's going to be Pierce. And then I opened it and it was, yeah. yeah, it's Pierce. And yeah. They they wrote him as dead and made him a hologram in one of the later seasons because Chevy Chase and Dan Harmon hated each other and Chevy Chase is a yeah. very problematic guy and so yeah yeah wasn't a surprise 
Uh, you sent me I sent the, you the teaser. Rebel Moon teaser. <laughs> yeah. Huh? I mean, it's it's Space Ninjas. I'm gonna it's, watch it's it. It's Star Wars. It's it's yeah. Zack Snyder's take it's, on Star Wars. It's Zack Snyder's Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. To the point where it's called Rebel Moon, and yeah. A New Hope had the line "That's not a moon," and it had the Rebel Alliance. Like this is as close as you can get to being a ripoff while still calling it an homage and, and try to yeah. tell people that it's your own original idea. Right. So, right. Yeah. And I am also very biased against Zack Snyder. So continue. Well, understandably so <clears throat> he, uh, yeah. Uh, dude, I, I gotta tell you, like, I love Jack Chan. He's a great guy. <laughs> Yeah. But this trailer that you sent me, Ride On, yeah. where where he's trying to train a horse to be a stunt horse. No, that is a stunt horse. But isn't he trying so, to train it to be a stunt horse in the, in the no, premise of this movie? No, so he's a washed up stunt man. Yeah. Uh, who he, he can barely make ends meet, let alone take care of his beloved stunt horse, Red <laughs> Hair. So he reaches out to his estranged daughter and her lawyer boyfriend when he's notified that the horse may be taken and auctioned off to pay his debts. Um, And so basically they try to make him go viral so he can um, earn some money. Gotcha. Yeah. I legit thought he was trying to train him so that he could make money. Like, oh, be a stunt horse. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Still doesn't make it any better, but. No, it doesn't, but it's a Jackie Chan flick, and I'll probably check it out. Because that's all it takes. Yep. You sent me the trailer to... Uh, oh, sorry. I jumped ahead. Um, Not really. Oh, yeah. that's you No, know, that was the real screen off script thing. That was the <coughs> Matt Damon thing we talked about. Yeah, which was really good. You sent me the trailer to Poison, The Truth About Your Food. I didn't watch it. I don't think I want to. I don't want to <laughs> know about my food. I'm just going to keep eating it. <laughs> Julia sent me the same response. Like not exactly the same, but she was like, I already know that all of the food is poison. She's like, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch the trailer or the movie. And I'm like, fair yeah. enough. Yep. Yeah. Um, it, it's mostly alive. talking about contaminants in produce sure. and chicken and stuff like that. Yes. <clears throat> yes. I get it. Dude. Uh, oh. This surprised me so much. Like seeing that Randy Quaid is coming to Rhode Island Comic Con, I legit thought the guy was dead. I thought that he died of an overdose or just being a wackadoo. Like some of you remember some of those videos that showed up online of him like fucking his wife gratuitously and wearing like a rubber mask or something. And he was saying that the government's poisoning you. And like he went full on nut job wackadoo. And they're like, yeah, he's coming to Comic Con. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's all you got for me? No, I was saying the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I thought he was dead. I remember all the wackadoodle shit. I haven't thought about him in forever. And then, yeah, I, you shared that. And I was like, no shit. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you just said. <laughs> This actually frightens me. I thought he was dead. And I wrote back, I thought he was no longer with us either. Like, I was legit frightened thinking of that guy walking around a Comic-Con hallway. Like, remember how you got in the elevator with Herschel? 
And you were like, this yeah, is the greatest was, night of my life. I had a great interaction awesome. with him. Imagine him, Randy Quaid, being in the elevator with you. Um, Super Mario Brothers movie hitting Peacock next month, August 3rd. I'm, yep. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Like, I never watched it in the theater, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, we got some Deadpool news. We got, like, you know, um, a photo of of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in, like, the classic yellow costume. Oh, uh, yeah. Their version of it. Oh, yeah. That's pretty badass. Oh, uh, yeah. Got... All right, now, I need to see your hands. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got we got uh, news that both Jennifer Gardner and Ben Affleck are going to return as Daredevil and Elektra. So I'm thinking that this has to be like a multiverse thing because that's part of the whole like bringing him yes. over is the multiverse that they've unlocked. I, I I can only picture them as cameos, but yes, I'm living because well, we it. have Charlie Cox as Daredevil. Uh huh. And we did have a version of Electra on the show already. And I can't remember yes. the actress. And I don't give a shit. I think this is neat when we revisit things like this. I think it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah. I'm, yeah. I would love to see them get Eric Bana in there as the Hulk. Well, I love how they had like, they tease the fact that like, oh, I'm not the same Hulk I was or whatever, you know, in the Hulk, uh-huh. Hulk series. So. Yep. Bring on Edward Norton and Eric Bana and let them both be the Hulk on there. Bring in Lou Ferrigno. I would love yeah. to see Lou Ferrigno show I, up I mean, in here. I know he we got a cameo of him and Stan Lee being security guards in one of the Hulk movies, and that was cool. But yeah, um, apparently. They tried to get Christian Bale to play Batman at the end of. The Batman movie. Oh, that would have been cool. And they they could at the end of the Flash movie, I mean, with Batman. Yeah. Um, instead of who they got, but they couldn't. He's like, if Christopher Nolan's not involved, I'm not doing it, mm. or some shit like that. You. What were you? Gonna- you know who I want to see? I want to see them bring in the stars of the failed Fantastic Four. You know, like the the Ian. Yes, Brunfeld, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Uh, uh, what's her name there? Jessica Alba. Bring in uh, friggin Steve Rogers as the human torch, uh, bring in Michael Chiklis as the thing. And I want to see this is going to be a deep cut, but I know you'll know it. I want to see David Hasselhoff on there as Nick Fury. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I want to see it. Why can't we get Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher? Right. And Thomas Jane. Bring them both in. Yeah. And uh, and uh, Ron Wise. Oh, Ryan Reynolds has to be making some calls. If, if they're bringing Jennifer Garner back and Ben Affleck back, like there's no reason that they can't start just like yeah. bringing cameos out the wazoo. And he could just be like paging through like, nope, not that universe, not that universe, not that universe. Let's see. Oh, you sent me the trailer to corner office with John Hamm. Was that revenge? <sighs> Is it supposed to be good? <sighs> it. You know, you see something and it says John Hamm. And so you naturally think, oh, this is going to be good because it's John Hamm. Like, he's fucking yeah. amazing, whether it's comedy, drama, action. He's just great. And then I watched it and I went, this is the exception that proves the rule. And yeah, I, I don't kept know watching the trailer waiting for it to get good because, again, yeah. I saw John Hamm and I thought, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. 
Nope. Speaking of. Puppy love. What the fuck, dude? Why? <laughs> Is this because that's the rules? Yes, it's the rules. But again, Lucy Hale and Grant Gustin, which I don't put them in the same age bracket, by the way. I, I don't either. Um, Their dogs mate, and now they're going to... Oh, fuck this. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> oh, yes. I enjoyed hitting send on that one. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, my wife will be like, I'm like, this is stupid. What are you doing? I'm watching a trailer for what? A crappy movie. Why are you watching it? Them's the rules. It's like Saw. I had to do the same thing with Julia. I was like, this is our rule. So if you ever see me watching a shitty trailer, this is why. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Napoleon. Okay, that looks good. Yes. That looks really good. Like, I'm actually shocked how much that looks good. You know, Ridley Scott film. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually shocked that that looks that that it looks that good. Yep, I, I'm with you on that one. Um, sorry, but yeah. Uh, Twisted Metal. I didn't watch it. Dude, like this trailer redeems the other ones. Um, yeah. this is so my buddy John said it well. He's like, it still doesn't seem to tie into the games, but it looks fucking great. Like this is a cross country road trip. Dude, this looks like blood drive now. That's what I'm going to say to you. It now looks like blood drive. And I think it's going to be really good for what it is. We finally got to see vehicular action. We got to see that um, Stephanie Beatrice and Nev fucking Campbell are in it. And Nev Campbell has a major role. I think she is the Calypso of this. Because she actually sits down with Anthony Mackie and tells him at one point, she's like, I'll make any wish come true. What wish would you like? And he's like, I want toilet paper, two ply. And she's like, I can do better than that. He's like, oh, three ply. It, it's basically after the apocalypse and, you know, there's not a lot going on, but it, it just it fucking looks banging. And it really gave up some blood drive vibes. Uh, yes, they've changed a lot from the games. The games were just like a death bowl, not even a death race, but just different arenas. You kill the other people come out on top. You win this one. He's a delivery driver and he goes between walled off cities and stuff. Uh, yeah, I I'm so digging I'm, it. I've been watching the trailer the whole time you've been talking. This looks really that. good. Yeah. Yeah. This <laughs> genuinely looks really, really good. Like After the two shit trailers they gave us before, I was yes. like, no, I'll never watch this. And now this looks great. I mean, I was going to watch it because them's the rules. I just hadn't watched it yet. But yeah, this looks really freaking good. I'm shocked. <laughs> like, I can't believe that they would give us such garbage before this and really drive everybody down to the point where they were like, this is going to be bullshit. And then. Oh, it's a TV series. Yeah. Anthony Mackie looks great in it. Yeah. No, that looks that looks awesome. Yeah. Right. That looks really good. I did watch the zombie verse trailer you sent me. That's a little odd, right? It looks like a Japanese reality show. It is. It, it's like. It's supposed to be a squid game kind of thing, I think. Like, yeah. but not really. Like, it's a it's a game show or a reality show, 
where people are trying to survive a zombie apocalypse, it looks like they put a lot of production into creating these masses of zombies. You know, they've got a lot of people in there as zombies chasing you around, trying to bite you. I don't know. It looks, I know it looks weird. Yeah. I did see one thing today. Speaking of zombies, I just wanted to throw it out there for you. Uh, Apparently the creators, you remember 28 days later and 28 weeks later. Yes. They're now tossing around to figure out if they want to do 28 months later or 28 years later as the next one in the series. Oh, I think well, it came out in 2022, 20, uh, 2002. So if we just wait seven more years, they can do 28 years later. <laughs> um, I think that 28 years later would actually be a better thing because you had 28 days later, which was phenomenal. You know, it was high intensity. It was horror. It was scary. Yeah. Um, and then I felt 28 weeks later was very weak. You know, people were starting to adapt to things and, and there were still infections out there, blah, blah, blah. I think if they did 28 months later, then you're trying to pick up basically two years after this happened. And that's going to be kind of late. 28 years later, though, would be kind of cool because you could show either that the world went to absolute shit or you could show that the world evolved into something completely different. I don't know. I'll be interested to see what they come up with, though. 28 years is a lot of time. It is. It is. Um, I think that's it, though. That is. I think that is everything. I think we've reached the end of that one. So, yeah. Um, I don't have any other news or anything else. So, yeah. But you're on the Twitter. I don't know if you had anything, any other news or anything else like that. No, no. I think that's it. All right. Well, you can find me on social medias as at Superstar ML. On the Twitter, I'm Superstar ML. On the Instagram, I'm Superstar ML. And on the new the threads, I'm at Superstar ML. Mm, I haven't joined threads. I joined the threads <laughs> the other day. I don't know. It's like Twitter light. Mm. Um, gotcha. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Uh, I am over on Twitter occasionally. I am the Quantum Geek, G33K. And uh, that's our show. That's our show. Talk to you next week.